Some men aren't looking for anything logical, like money. They can't be bought, bullied, reasoned, or negotiated with. Some men just want to watch the world burn. What it is, everybody. Welcome to episode 77 of Fish and Connoisseur Movie. My name's David Pether, but you can call me Fish. With me, as always, is my favorite sack of shit. Connor McDuff. <laughs> nice. Where's the Connor? Where's the Where's the trigger? Where's the <laughs> Fuck it, hell. How are you? Pretty good. Just watched a good movie. Were you watching The Dark Knight? Yeah, I was. Were you? I was, I was doing the same thing. What a fucking coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> we should review it. Well, why not? Considering that we're on this Batman we're retrospective, on here, right here, yeah. it seems to it might fit in. It might fit in there somewhere. It's only Somehow. it's only one of the little Batman movies though, so I don't know. We are in fact yeah. reviewing The Dark Knight to go along with our Batman retrospective leading up to Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice, which is coming out later this month. The hype is building. I don't know. Are you excited for it, Connor? No, no, no. Not at all, eh? Really? I don't, I don't know. Every trailer I've seen, I'm like, this looks horribly uninteresting. And then there's one moment that I'm like, that's going to look fucking dope. And it's just Batman fighting goons. Which I think I brought up previously. One of the trailers. But it's Batman, like, fighting goons in, like, a warehouse. And it just looks so fucking cool. Because it looks like... It just looks like a fucking awesome Batman movie. But then... I forget Superman and Wonder Woman and Lex Luthor all in this film just like wrecking shit. So like <laughs> wrecking shit as in your enthusiasm? Yeah, fucking oath. <laughs> is it the the Superman element that is bringing it down for you? No, I just I mean it's just the whole thing. I like Batman. I don't really give a shit about superheroes. I don't know. I don't really care. Like the whole aspect of their like, oh, Wonder Woman's in it. You know how in the trailer they revealed that Wonder Woman shows up? Mm. I don't give a shit. Like there's not a part of me that's like, that's cool. I'm like, it's kind of fucking annoying. This is a movie called Batman vs Superman. I don't want to see, I genuinely don't want to see any more superheroes. Less is more, in my opinion. And I think that he, she's going to throw like a bit of a Hawkeye sort of uh, yeah. why about it and yeah. just show up like they did in Thor but that pisses me off as well I don't fucking care about Wonder Woman I don't know why you would let something like that be revealed in the trailer by the way like is it a marketing thing you've got Batman and Superman nobody past the age of 30 gives a shit about Wonder Woman anymore like why would you fucking really sh like that would be an awesome like bit if it was something that came up in the film, but now I fucking know. I know how this whole movie's gonna go. Batman and Superman fight at the start. They fight, they fight, they fight, and then Lex Luthor brings Darkseid, and it's just fucking stupid. I can see it from two ways. One, I like me myself because I already knew that Wonder Woman was gonna be in there. Like it's been yeah. common knowledge for a long time. But I still don't think you need to put it in the trailer. But the reason that I think that they did was to really push home the fact that they're, you know, this is the dawn of the Justice League. This is where the Justice League starts. And, you know, like this whole new DC universe is going to start. So they're starting to do what Marvel has been doing for so long now. I don't know. Sometimes there's a, there's a part of me that feels like they may have come to the party a little bit too late because 
exactly like how you're feeling. A lot of us have superhero fatigue. We don't want to keep seeing superhero movies. I'm so over it, eh? We'll be seeing them anyway, because we'll probably be reviewing them, but it's... I literally am just looking at news, by the way, that Venom's getting one of his, his own film officially. Oh, thank God. That'd be awesome. It better be a but... good one. <laughs> Shit. How are they going to depict Venom, though? They're going to make him some fucking good guy. For sure. Well, he kind of is a good guy now in the comics, but... Is he? Yeah. Fuck? He, he's, I think he's called Agent Venom in the comics now. He's like... Yeah, I don't know. But we are. We're all tired of seeing superhero movies, so it's kind of like... Is it, a, is it too little too late for DC? But the thing they have on their side is they do have the two biggest superheroes of all time, the ones that everybody do know in Superman and Batman. You know, we all knew that they were going to get together at the end of it. Like, it is called Batman versus Superman, and they are going to fight, and that's awesome. Most of us know that this is going into a huge series where they will end up on the same team. So that kind of kills that tension a little bit. And by showing us in the trailer that Wonder Woman is there and they're they're talking to each other like, oh, I thought she was with you. It's like all of a sudden you can tell that the three of them are teaming up to fight that oh, fuck what's his name the big thing dark side i don't think it i don't think it is dark side i think it's doomsday yeah yeah which i was in two minds as well when i seen it because doomsday is apparently the only one who who's like killed superman i think wasn't it dark side that killed i don't know i'm not up on dark my superman lore. the fucking the one i like i'm pretty sure it's a big fucking bad guy up against superman which is cool but you and me are there to see a Batman movie. <laughs> yeah, to be honest, it's true. I feel what you're feeling in terms of everything else outside of Batman is Superman and Justice League. Wonder Woman, Superman, Lex Luthor, Darkseid, Doomsday, whatever his fucking name is. It is all Superman world. And I would rather see them go up against the Penguin or <laughs> Two-Face yeah, or something. I, I don't like DC, though. Like, I don't know. As a kid, I always liked Marvel simply because I found I Marvel had Daredevil and Spider Man yeah. and Wolverine and the X Men and like I fucking lo- like not movies, just cartoons, everything. Mm. Daredevil, Spider Man, the X Men are the coolest fucking guys in town. In comparison, DC has Batman and then a bunch of other dickheads. The Flash is lame as fuck. The Green Lantern's lame as fuck. Like I never liked anyone else. Ever. Superman was boring as shit. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I've never liked Superman. I've always just found him boring. He's too too powerful. That's his problem. He's fucking white bread, man. That's why we don't like him. Mm. He's fucking plain Jane. Well, I I was there with you as as well as a kid. I definitely was more of a Marvel kid. I was always a fan of X-Men and Wolverine and Cyclops, Spider-Man, like Daredevil. Yep, loved all that shit. And whenever I'd buy comics as a kid, it would always be those because I was familiar with them. Yeah, I knew I knew Batman. Batman was probably my biggest influence as a kid, as I've spoke about a lot in this retrospective. Like all the movies and stuff were such a big part of my childhood. And I probably had more Batman toys than anything. And, and I liked the animated series. But outside of that, I... You know, in terms of like a comic world, it was always Marvel. But yeah, as I've grown up and have started reading comics, I actually read more DC now. Oh, really? Yeah, especially when they started the new Fifty Two. I read all Batman. I read Catwoman. I read. I've even tried some of the Superman ones, and they're not too bad. Like some, I I actually find a lot of the DC stories, like their big iconic story arcs, are much stronger 
than a lot of Marvel stuff. Like, it's probably not better, but it depends how you feel. But, like, I've got more into that sort of shit. So, a lot of the comics that I've read have been that. And you know what it might be is because Marvel have oversaturated the film side of things. I didn't want to go and read comics about Thor and fucking Iron Man and all that sort of shit. I would rather read comics about Batman. A lot of a lot of their comics are now based off of the characters within the Marvel Universe as well, aren't they? Because of their success. I like, think I know so. that... I know that Tony Stark is pretty much completely remodeled after Iron Man from the the movies. Yeah. I read up on that after we had a conversation about it. And it wouldn't surprise me if they did the same with all the others because that's how you're going to sell, you know, that's how you're going to sell these fucking things. Yeah, well, that, that it is it is a thing because you go and read a comic story that's, that's relevant now after watching an origin story on a movie of that same character. And that, like, in the comic world, it's been like... 55 years since the origin story so they've had so much more development now and they're so much more interesting and awesome yeah. it's not just a shitty origin story but both both sides keep resetting their worlds so they they keep doing they're not necessarily doing origin stories again but like they they keep resetting the entire universe so they can start telling more complex stories that go amongst each other like all the uh, most of the um new 52 going in and out of each other which is really cool and i think marvel's doing the same thing at the moment i really enjoy all of the comic stories like the, the comics shit all over all the movies like <laughs> the comics are fantastic in terms of their stories so yeah i i'm probably more dc in terms of reading the comics and marvel is the movies but now that dc's come into the game it's i don't know it, in, in some ways it's sort of not cheapens it, but it, it. There was something interesting about those characters because I didn't know anything about them because I hadn't seen the movies. If you know what I mean. Yeah. No, I get you. But saying all that, I'm still pretty excited to see a new incarnation of Batman at the very least, and Ben Affleck that's, is the fucking bomb. So that's the only thing that like I'm keen for is to watch Batman and Superman, like Batman, like just to see him and what they come up with him. But that's yeah. not good. Like, it's a, I, I should be keen for the film. I'm not keen for the film. I, I just feel like I'm keen for the first 20 minutes of Batman and then I'm going to be like, right. <laughs> well, I, I have to say I, I am keen to see Batman fight Superman. I think that is a yeah. cool idea. And it's always been something that's been floating around for years and years. I think Josh Hartnett was going to be in a Batman v Superman movie. I don't know if he was Batman or, or Superman, but there was it's something and it got canned. But that was like a big thing years ago. And... and I remember being excited for it then because that was kind of the peak of the superhero, you know, the startup, like when yeah. Iron Man and all that shit was coming out. I was like, fuck yeah, let's see this shit. And uh, it didn't happen for whatever reason because, you know, it seemed like something that is would be really hard to bring to the screen. Like, how does Batman beat Superman? But that's what I want to see. Surely Batman's going to win. You would fucking hope so. And it's how can he compete with this godlike fucking thing? That excites me. I, I I think I was more excited about the idea of it, and then the trailers that I've seen have... I don't know. I've been in two minds about it. I don't know. It's. I am excited, though. I could tell you what, right now, especially after doing this Batman retrospective, all I want to see is more Batman. So that's what's got me excited as most by building up through the films that we have been watching. Plus, I bought my IMAX ticket the other day, and now I'm excited because it's actually happening. That, now you're hyped, yeah. When is it? What week? When does it come out? Next the 24th. two weeks. Yeah. I thought you would be a little bit more excited. I'm, no. I'm, I'm, 
Is it just is it just the big budget superhero feel about it that mostly got you turned off? Superhero feel. The plot seems like just generic as fuck. I kind of already know what's going to happen. Superman's boring as shit as it is, and then on top of that, all the addition of like Wonder Woman is fucking just killing me. Less is more. Less is mm. more. Yeah, for they fuck just, they sake. always have to put more and more in. It's and that is something I want to talk characters. about with the Dark Knight as well. Less mm. is more. Anyway, yeah, let's speak of Dark Knight. Also, I saw Hail Caesar very, very quickly. Love Coen Brothers. Love the shit out of it. Another great movie they've done. Thought it was excellent. Don't know oh, why good. the fuck I'm hearing people complain about it, telling me it's boring. It's just like every other fucking Coen Brothers film. Yeah, it looks fun as dialogue. Shit. Fantastic writing. Um, only real problem was wasn't too much of a major complication, but it was such a fun movie to be watching. So I give it a, I give it a three point five out of five. Sweet. I'll have to go see that one. Let's talk about the Dark Knight. Dark Knight. Here's a quick rundown of the plot for any of you wondering. Six months after Batman begins, Bruce Wayne is still playing a fucking massive pimp daddy known as Batman. It's fucking shit up. Joker comes out of nowhere. Doesn't really like the Batman. Wants a bit of chaos back in Gotham. So he starts causing some anarchy. Then this guy, Harvey Dent, he's there. He's the new defense attorney for uh, Gotham. And he's dating Rachel, who is Bruce Wayne's bae. And he's, they're all, it's just a big, funny love triangle. Anyway, the Joker kills Rachel. Harvey Dent turns into Two-Face. The Joker turns Batman into a villain by turning... Harvey Dent into a villain. <laughs> Man, the Joker's a fucking genius. <laughs> Basically, the Joker ruins everyone's lives. The Joker wins in the end, but the Joker gets captured. Uh, Harvey Dent dies, and Batman is now a villain because everyone thinks he killed Harvey Dent, which he did, but he was saving, he was saving the child saving the kid. of... Gordon's kid. And, yeah. and he couldn't tell everyone that because then the Joker would win by making Harvey Dent a villain because Harvey Dent was Gotham's hero. So they needed him to die a hero. Yeah. And not live long enough to see himself become the villain. Some bitter, some bitter, bitter irony there. Well, the first thing I want to talk about with this movie, because I ragged on Batman Begins for this very reason. Last week, I thought Batman Begins was a little too montage It was The editing was so quick that yeah. I never it never slowed down enough for me to, you know, really connect to anybody, really feel like anything was happening. I feel like I was getting, like, the greatest hits of yeah. Batman's origin story. That's all fucking fixed here. Yep. This movie fucking. flows so fucking well. It, its pacing is perfection. It is. Like, the way this film is paced. Absolutely. Like, this film goes for two and a half hours, I think. Yeah. And it does not feel like it goes for two and a half hours. It is just so well cut. It My is. It, uh, I do feel the length when I start getting to the end. That doesn't mean anything bad. I just don't like long movies. But yeah. in comparison to last week, it's like 100% better. It, it actually feels like a complete movie to me now. Every scene, they take the time to breathe with it. They take the time to let us connect with them. And everything just fits into place so perfectly. And I'm really... I love it. I think it's fucking brilliant. Like, from scene one, that fucking bank heist with all the... You know, with Joker and his Joker masked friends. Joker boys. Uh, yeah. It, like, immediately sucks you in. Like, you are... I, I could feel the difference, especially after watching Batman Begins so close. 
I was like, whoa, this is like, it still feels like the same world and, and all these characters like that I've got a glimpse of, but now I feel like I'm actually able to step on the ground and be there with them. And I really appreciate it. The best scene in it is um, the, the inter- well, my favorite scene is the interrogation scene, which I think is some of the best editing I've ever seen in film because yeah. it's so fucking cool. Holy shit, that scene is so awesome. Watching Batman, oh, oh, my God, teach that to your fucking students, film school. My goodness. <laughs> that scene, that scene is just, oh. The oh funny thing God. is that interrogation scenes are like a, a a cliche for film school shit. Like when I was at film school, that's all we ever shot was a lot of interrogation scenes because there's two guys in a room. It's, it's an easy thing, but it's not an easy thing to make look good. And this movie makes it look good. But I want to go back to that first scene with the Joker and stuff. Like just how an incredible of a setup to the movie that is. It's like him killing off all his, <laughs> all his goons, making them kill each other basically to get bigger cuts in the, in the hall is brilliant. And, you know, he's robbing from the mob, we find out, which is even more brilliant like he's 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 robbing from bad guys he's going he's just fucking rocking the boat for the sake of rocking the boat like he doesn't even want the money as we find out later when he does get the money he burns his whole pyramid yeah (laughs) it's just yeah like everything about it is just incredible it opens it up with everything and it sets up a fantastic character in the joker i think the joker look obviously the joke let's just talk about the joker let's be fucking real here well it's 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 this is the Joker's movie. It's called The Dark Knight. This is Heath Ledger's movie. The Joker, the, one of the coolest things I loved about this film, watching it today again, was that I only just realised that what the Joker does is basically convinces the audience that it's this big, grand, typical evil villain film where it's all about the mob bosses and he wants, he's doing this and he's killing all these people because they put the mob bosses in jail. And it's all about the mobsters and crime and stuff. But in reality, it's just about Batman. Like, the whole thing is just the Joker wanting to fuck with Batman, which is what he says when he captures him. Mm -hmm. It's just the Joker wanting to fuck with Batman. And as soon as that happens, it just becomes so fucking personal. Like, so stupid personal. And you just instantly are like, fuck, the Joker is not to be messed with. This guy... Ah! That was that moment, that interrogation scene just is just the biggest, it's so fucking perfect. He's just such a full-on character and he goes from like, oh shit, he's pretty scary, like he's pretty crazy to like, holy fuck, this guy cannot be beaten. And he's not, he's never beaten in the film, ever. Even when he's captured, he's not beaten. Even when he's captured, yeah. Like he gets captured many times <laughs> and he's still on top of it. He's always like one step ahead. And that's yeah. the scary thing. He, he comes across as this crazy clown, which I love that it, when, when he comes into all the, the gangsters in that room and one guy calls him crazy and he gets really offended by it. Yeah, I'm like, not crazy. No, I'm not, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not crazy. I'm not crazy. Because yeah. <laughs> he isn't. He's, he's highly intelligent. And it is. His whole thing is he, he goes for Batman because he's really the only one who he feels can match him and he wants to keep playing with him he has many a chance where he can kill batman but he doesn't he keeps killing everybody else because he wants to keep doing this this dance with batman and that's terrifying because it's not just a simple motivation of he wants him dead or you know he wants money and like that's that's his the biggest thing about the joker is that anarchy is king there is no motivation for him there that 
you know, the police can can stick to. It's ah, oh, it's just incredible. His his whole thing is to pit the public against each other as well. His whole thing is he wants to show that every it doesn't matter how how good you are, he can corrupt you, and he does. He corrupts the White Knight. He corrupts Two Face. Yeah, and that's like 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 you said, the final thing in the movie is Two Face about to kill Gordon's kid. Like Two Face has lost it. Like fucking Harvey Dent, Gotham's White Knight, the guy who was pure as shit, has fucking been corrupted by the Joker yeah. because he got into him and and he fucking latched on and he didn't let go. Even though he's caught, his plans are still going into into effect, and that is just fucking nuts. The Joker, like Ledger, did something with the Joker as well that kind of established this whole. Which is kind of annoying, to be honest, is that his performance is so great as someone who was just insane that it began this whole culture of good acting is crazy acting. Where, like, you know, a lot of performances after this film, a lot of villains and stuff have tried to capture this crazy sort of loony... They tried... Basically, people would start believing that a good performance is a character who is basically bipolar or a bit schizo. And I, I'm trying to think of a movie, but I honestly, I can't right now. I know it's happened. Well, I, I actually noticed it a lot more in indie films, stuff that yeah. I worked on. A lot of people were trying to play this this character. Like, they would be a bad guy and they're like, well, I just want to want to give him a little bit more flavor. So, and I, I'm sitting back thinking, you're just trying to be the Joker and yeah. you can't do it. Like, Heath Ledger can do it. You can't. And that's and that's what's awesome is that Heath Ledger did it so well that he basically inspired by inspired a bunch of actors to fuck up. But, uh, <laughs> did but, you I forgot that he won an Oscar for this. Yeah, well he didn't. His family did because he was fucking dead when he won it. But um, Yeah, but he still won he it. He did. He won the Oscar. <laughs> Look, I had a big thing as a twelve year old and I still stand by it that a lot of the attention this film got and the reason this film was received so well is because Heath Ledger died. It had a stigma um, to it. it you has, it- can't fucking tell me otherwise. A dead celebrity, and it's f- and that dead celebrity's final film is just always blown out of the fucking water. That Heath Ledger's death literally probably, probably made this film what it was. To be co- quite honest, I mean it's still a great in, film. In terms I'm of hype, saying, it did. Like yeah, this, this that's movie stands about. on its it stands on on its own anyway, which we're. Go, we're going to talk about but like it definitely did like the hype for this everybody knew about this movie because Heath Ledger died and it was like a tragedy it was like now we need to go see this thing like I I remember like my mum wanting to see this movie who wouldn't even consider that sort of yeah. shit you know has no sort of interest like she might watch it if we're watching it at home but I, I remember like people in that demographic were were all about it and it was the biggest talking point. It wasn't. It wasn't like, oh yes, a Batman movie. It was like, oh my god, I can't believe Heath Ledger died, basically for this movie. Yep, pretty much. You can't get better publicity. You can't. Nope. You know, it, it, it even it, it even helped going into like the next film as well, like Dark Knight Rises, because that was still sitting over the top of it. I feel like yeah. I still feel like you know people were always excited for it because this was such a good movie, but it was always this is the Batman trilogy that Heath Ledger died for. The Dark Knight, basically, out of the three, though, more importantly, is the most. It stands on its own legs out of more than any of the others. Like you can watch this film without watching the one before it you can watch it without watching the one after it it's the perfect 
the perfect Empire Strikes Back, basically. Because um, <laughs> yeah. it, it fucking isn't Empire Strikes Back at all. It's just a film. It's called The Dark Knight. It's not even remotely called Batman anything. No. It wasn't Batman Begins, Batman Becomes, Batman fucking believes. It's just Batman, Batman believes. It's just, it's just a, I don't fucking know. Batman forever, for fuck's sake. Um, but Batman it's, triumphant. It, yeah, it's just The Dark Knight. Like, it's this sick fucking title. The Dark Knight is the coolest title ever. And it, it works really well. And, the, and you know, Heath Ledger as the Joker, as anyone who has been around for longer than two years on this earth, is well aware that his performance is phenomenal. Like, it's just great. It's just awesome. It's just a very layered, very intense, very full-on, chaotic, much like the story. He captured everything. Yeah, absolutely. And the best thing I like about it is, you know, he is the Joker. Yes, he's that iconic Batman villain. But I don't think of him as, you know, the Joker that Mark Hamill voices in the animated series. I don't think of him as the Joker that is about to be in the Suicide Squad. I don't think of him as the Joker in Batman 89. They're all kind of in that same batch of the Batman from Arkham Knight and all that sort of shit. This is its own thing. This is Heath Ledger playing the Joker. I don't even remotely connect the two, <laughs> you know, the two it's types true. of world. It's it's completely different to anything else that this character has been like, and like he's he's it's it's very clowny and and silly, but in in a grounded way, and that is what makes it like because everyone else has tried to go big with. You know, the the Joker, like Jack Nicholson, was very over the top and crazy and, and, and all that sort of thing. And I'm sure Jared Leto is going to be the same, which is cool because I still really like that version of the Joker. But yeah. this is its own cinematic universe. This is the Nolan Batman universe. And this is what this Joker is. He's nothing like the rest. That's it. There is one moment, though, kind of Joker related that I want to bring up, which is when he drops Rachel at the window. Batman yeah. saves Rachel. Then what the fuck happens? They just cut away to the day after. Batman saves Rachel, and then... Oh, uh, yeah, where does he go? The Joker, the Joker's still up in the hotel. Like, they go, they've kind of gone up an elevator. What happens at that point? What? Yeah, I don't understand. That's it really bothered me, because it just cuts <laughs> to the next day. I'm like, what, what the fuck? Is Batman going to go back up? Like, why wouldn't he... Oh, whatever. Why wouldn't he anyway. chase him down? And what, it wouldn't... Would the, uh, the Joker be you know, killing a bunch of people at the party or whatever. Like, why is yeah. it just finished? Yeah, you're right. I didn't even think about that. I'm Googling it right now. <laughs> but the biggest thing that I like about this Joker is that he's he's constantly playing the city against each other, like where it comes to assassinating that accountant that who's talking about revealing um, Batman's identity. And then it just, like, all these people just come out of the woodwork to shoot, shoot him because people are going to keep dying every time that... This guy is, is if, if this guy's still alive, people are going to keep dying. The boats, the boats, you know, the two boats trying to escape Gotham and they've got one with the prisoners and one with just, you know, normal people who deserves to die. Like, I think it's fantastic what they play with. That was a really good moment. That whole fairy sequence is brilliant oh, for a lot of reasons. I love it. I, I do wish that there was a little bit more pushback though because like of all those people on those boats... Like, you can't tell me that not one of those people would press that button. I wish there, yeah. especially on the prisoners prisoners um, side of things, I wish there was a few people who maybe tried to push for it and then that big fella came through and was like, you know, just threw it out the window or something. Like, 
that was really powerful in that moment, I, but I, I feel like there needed to be a little more to it. I kind of wish there was it was a villain that was somewhat of an anti-hero, the guy that throws the trigger out. But at the same time, I was thinking that just then, and I'm like, you know what? No, because... It's supposed to be normal people fighting It's supposed to be normal people. Yeah, yeah it's, no. it's everyday people. And I really like that as well, because the story goes personal, and it's about Batman and Joker and this parallel. And then what it does from there is it goes that there's that moment where they snap you out of it. They're like, no, it's fucking not. It's about people. It's about, the, it's about society. And that's what it, it's about anarchy and chaos and stuff. And it's about, this, it's about people. And they, they stop it from happening. It was very satisfying when the, the prisoner throws out the trigger. I love that's kind of the way that Batman beats him by believing in the people of Gotham. And the people of Gotham are the ones who don't kill each other. It's really good. Oh, fucking hell. It's a really good scene. Yeah. And even even coming down to it being Batman versus Gotham, like he pits Gotham against Batman by saying, like, Batman needs to come out and, you know, unmask himself. Yeah. How better way to get at Batman than put the people that he's protecting against him? Like, fantastic. Yeah. Oh, by the way, uh, so in the script for Dark Knight, there's a scene that they cut out where the Joker looks back at as the car, as his car speeds away and he's breathing hard, exhilarated um, after... B- after the party thing so he just drives off oh that's you know see that's really interesting that they cut that out because not unlike last week's script which i said was was really airtight like everything is there for a reason and this is honestly the only thing that i can think of in this film that doesn't connect and it might be just because i I just love it so much and I'm, i'm so taken by it that i'm not really looking for the the bad things like I was last week, but it is fucking airtight. Like every time that I question something, it is answered a hundred percent. Except for that point, which you, you question. <laughs> yeah. But listen, let's talk about Batman. We didn't really talk about Batman last week when we do it with all our other films. The voice is fucking annoying to be quite honest. Now, this is one thing I do want to bring up because everybody, everybody whinges about the voice. I don't really have a problem with it. I don't, I'm not whinging. I'm not saying I hate it. It's the worst thing I've ever heard. It's just a bit fucking silly. There's a point where, where they're speaking full sentences and I hear, and I'm like, that's ridiculous. And it also makes like, it's also like created the best internet memes in the country, <laughs> in the, in the world. Where is she? Where is she? Like that is <laughs> That shit isn't like, wow, look how good Christian Bale is. We should quote him. It's how fucking funny does this sound? <laughs> but you know what? I, like, I, I find I, I get more of the, the comedy out of these memes and people pretending to do the voice and not understanding him and spitting everywhere and all that sort of stuff than I do from the film. Because I really watched out for it in this time because it never bothered me to start with. It wasn't until other people started bringing it up that I really found it annoying. Well, it's um, not I, sorry, I didn't even find it annoying. I found it funny because of the comedy that had come out of it because of exactly. the internet. I was the same. Look, I was, I was the same. But I think, to be honest, like, I know you said this is the Joker's film, but this is the most Batman, Batman film I've seen. It's the perfect amount of both. Yeah, you're right. Look, when I say the Joker's film, I mean, it's, you know, Heath Ledger put his stamp all over this. And Pete, you, think yeah. of, you think of the Joker when you think of... You think of Heath Ledger's Joker when you watch this, you know, think about this film. But you're right. This is 
the best Batman film. It's the best Batman film. Do you want do you want to know why? Because it doesn't fuck around with origins. It doesn't fuck around with the future. It's just about the situation within the film. And and any internal struggle comes from what's happening within the film. It's about a protagonist and an antagonist. It was simple and at its core, and that's what made it fucking great. Every other film has something else going on in the background, you know? And this is about, it's just a simple story. It's just Batman vs. Joker, like the most obvious bread and butter combo ever. Like the easiest antagonist and protagonist. And they put them together and they made it fucking work because it's fucking easy to make work. And it was just great. Like it's a great Batman film. It's not enough, he's not whinging about his bullshit the whole time. And Bruce Wayne is a cool character in it. And the shit he does when he, and he plays dumb and you get this real feeling for, like this is, out of all the Batman films so far, this is one where I'm like, man, Bruce Wayne is fucking cool. How he he goes on a party boat with all these ball- like these European ballerinas as an alibi. Like, I think that's awesome. Like, that's his ex- level of playboy is that it's an alibi. The way he fucking crashes the Lambo to save Reese was excellent. Yeah, Those are just really cool moments in a film that is known because of Heath Ledger. Like, when you watch it, you can go in and watch and know it as a Batman film if that's what you want to watch but watch it for. I really appreciated that this isn't origin story stuff. Because even in Batman, I'm sure in Batman Returns, Batman Forever, Batman and Robin, we always go back to the fucking parents getting killed and all that sort of shit. It's like, I've seen this. I know they're dead. We know he's angry about it. Okay, let's move on. This one, Batman is established, and I love that. I love that he's already this urban myth out in the world. He's the reason why the mobsters fucking do their business during the day. They don't go out at night. There's, it's all there. The legend has been built, and it's, yeah. it's thriving. And Christian Bale feels like he's really comfortable in the role now. Like, not saying that he wasn't good in it last week, but like... He is just embodies this character. Like he is fantastic both as Batman and as Bruce Wayne. And that's the big thing that we've always sort of had a problem with one or the other with all the other um, actors who've played this character is one, they're either good as Bruce Wayne or Batman, but never both. But he suits both. And I really feel that he's the same character playing both. Like I can see that the anger that he has towards these villains and all this corrupt bullshit going on in Gotham and you believe that he's putting on this front like you said with the ballerinas and the way he acts when he's being Bruce Wayne like he just he's just playing it so well and the one thing I really like about this particular story that Batman and Bruce Wayne are going through is a lot of his motivation is he wants to pretty much stop being Batman. He's happy that Harvey Dent's here. He wants to stop being Batman so he can basically be with Rachel. But yeah. that's it doesn't take over the story though. Where, no, it never does. Yeah, where, you know, I, I think what you were saying before with there's always other bullshit going on in the background, like there's some sort of romance or whatever. That's never to the forefront. It's a, it's a, a motivation. and Very, very minor motivation as well. Like it's nothing that really comes up for any ex- extended period of time. But it's powerful um, enough for us to know that, you know, he will go to save Rachel over Harvey Dent when, you know, the two, he has the choice. But the Joker has tricked him and he's gone 
because the Joker knows that he's got, you know, after throwing her out the window and he jumped off the fucking building to save her, he knows that Batman's got something for this girl. The Joker plays on it. It's so good. It's awesome. I think that that was a great moment too. That I, uh, It's all awesome. It's all great, obviously. Like, fucking listen to the way we're fucking talking about it. The, you know, Batman is actually a detective in this where they he takes the bullet hole and he fucking tries to, ma- like, shape it and the story is just personal and simple at its core and then it just adds layers of complexity on top of it to kind of make it this complicated, intricate crime. It's basically a crime film, really. It is, um, yeah. It doesn't, it's, it's definitely not a, a superhero film in the in the sense of not that. A, not at all. Yeah. It, honestly, not at all. There is nothing about this film, aside from the sonar vision that he gets, that makes this film feel like a superhero film. It's a drama. It's like a crime drama. Because all the drama comes from the Joker. Yeah. He does like heroic antics, but a lot of the time it's just this man doing the right thing, which is why Batman's so fucking awesome, as we all know. There is an aspect, two aspects that I do want to bring up that I hate, well, not hate, but one of them I hate, the other one I don't like. The one I hate, importantly, is the fucking fight choreography in this fucking film. It is fucking trash. Dear fucking God, it's useless. Okay. Batman is a fucking robot who can't move joints and fights very slowly and, like, kind of just, like, karate chops with a closed fist, like, at people's backs. Like, he just bends people over, and then he kind of gives, like, a hop on someone's back, and then they're dead, or just, they're fucking out. It's just so, it doesn't feel heavy. The combat didn't feel heavy, but it didn't feel light. It felt clunky, like, clunky and slow. I don't even know what the fuck I'm saying anymore. I just hate it. Okay. It's so awful. There's, like, four guys in a room, and they've got guns. And Batman just stands in the middle of them and starts punching one. And the other three go, I guess we wait. <laughs> like, they don't, they don't ever, like, fucking hit him. Just fucking hit the guy, for God's sake. Jesus Christ. It's actually funny that you've brought this up, though, because you, you brought this up with last week as well. This was one of the, the peeves that you had that I didn't have last week. And I really looked out for it this time. And I don't know if I'm on the same page as you, man. I, th- I thought it was pretty good. Fucking shit. I I thought that the choreography and the way it was shot worked. One thing I will say though is, you know, the bat suit is still that little bit awkward, and I think that's coming into play with what you're talking about is that he looks feels like a robot moving around in it. He does he does look awkward when he's fighting, but I I did believe that he was kicking ass. I fucking love the bat suit in this one though, and I didn't realize in Batman Begins that was a different bat suit because I haven't seen the two like prior to this moment for a while. And, like, at the start of this one, I'm like, oh, that's funny. I remember the Batsuit being, like, a lot slimmer. And then when he gets the new Batsuit, I'm like, fuck, he looks so dope. There like, he is, looks yeah. so dope. Because when, he, when he's doing that opening scene and he's on the side of that, fuck, uh, or not the opening scene, but the scene where he's revealed, where he's on the side of that van and stuff, he, he, he's moving, trying to move his neck and stuff, and he actually brings up that he would like to be able to move his neck. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> Which I think is just, like, a big, like slap at every Batman movie ever made. Yeah, I think the, it looks great. It's it's very cool, but it, it is but, still a little bit awkward at times. Like, I, I feel like the nose is a bit silly. Like The nose? Yeah, like, when, when he's talking, when, when we have, like, those intense scenes where he's... Yeah. I just... I, I really noticed how big the nose is this time watching, and I went and had a look at 
Ben Affleck suit in the in the new one, and they've kind of given it more definition. He's got crinkles around like you know his um eyebrows. It's like he's got furrowed eyebrows built in to the bat yeah. suit, and I think that's what this needed. Other than other than that, the, the suit looks fantastic. It does. I was I'm looking at the Batman Begins suit at the moment. It looks clunky as fuck. The Batman, the Ben Affleck Batman suit, bat suit looks fucking sick. Like it does look cool as hell. I am looking at it right now. It looks mm. so awesome. Can you see see what I mean about the eyes? Yeah, yeah. It's like it's, it's like it's more definition. fitted to his face, which I yeah. think is what they've always needed. Because that's the kind of thing that's kind of let a lot of it down. Is like how do you make this look like it does in the comics and the cartoons and all that thing, where it's basically a an extension of his head. It almost doesn't look like he's in a suit a lot of the time. They weren't able to 100% get it here with the face, for me at least. But in terms of like the actual armor and the cape and all that, it all worked for me. Yeah, I, I liked it. I really liked the bat suit in this one. Much more than Begins. I like the Begins suit, just I like it more in this. It's just slim. It's just funky as fuck. What the fuck is with the dogs, though, by the way? What are, what are with the fuck, the dog symbolism the whole way through this film? I don't know. I like it that he fights dogs. It's kind of something out of left field that you don't really think about when you're fighting gangsters and shit, you know? No, yeah, I'm just I'm just talking about this dogs the whole way through the Why film. Why is it all the like, way through uh, it? Yeah. It's fucking loyalty and shit. That's what it is, of course. It's about fucking... This whole film's about loyalty and friends and... But yeah, it's all about. There's so many dogs in it for no reason. I realized this. What the fuck? Why did I pick on up on that? I was just like, what the fuck's going on? Why are the fuck is talking about fucking dogs? I do love the scene with Morgan Freeman and Reese, Mr. Reese, when he finds out he thinks he's discovered that Bruce Wayne's Batman. Oh, uh, yeah. And Morgan and Freeman Fox, just puts him in his fucking place. Yeah. Fox is just like, shut the fuck up. Like, that's the best thing ever. You want to go against a person who beats up bad guys for a living? And you want to blackmail this guy? So, awesome. was wait, so I'm confused. Was Reese going to go on TV and say it's Bruce Wayne? Yes, he was. When he's on TV, he's about to say it. But, like, the... I think he was just going in and he was telling Fox that basically he would go out and tell the public if he didn't get $10 million for the rest of his life. I don't know. He, I, I assume he would have gone on TV to do it. Or... Yeah, but like he, he... Because Reese doesn't do it because he's like, fuck, you're right. He's not Bruce. Like, of course he's not Batman. Well, when but he's on he goes... TV, I, I feel like he has rethought about it. And But yeah. at that point, though, the city's in danger. Remember that. Yeah. Like, he's, he's probably doing it as more of a noble thing, even though he's a little fucking rat. It's just a... Yeah, it's just a weird moment that I... I was like... Are they, like, I was very confused. That was the moment I was like, I, I'm kind of confused as to what's going on there. It wasn't really focused. There wasn't enough focus on it. The, the, the identif- the, um, what was I going to say? The identicate, ide- what? Identification? The, what's the word? For? Who's Batman? The, the what of Batman? What Bruce Wayne is? Not identification. Identify the, him. No, Fuck. Fuck! It's like a... It's a normal word. <laughs> the, the, I'm going to reveal the, the true identity. Identity. Holy shit! Oh my fucking God! <laughs> <laughs> identity. So he... Yeah, um, you weren't sure why he was going to reveal the identity. I just wish the, the identity of Batman should have been uh, put on a little bit more of importance, you know? Uh, it is in Dark Knight Rises, but... I thought it, I yeah. thought it was in terms of the of how it was done. Like I understood it all, and I like the weight of what he was doing. I think was for different means to what he was originally doing, but probably a little bit nefarious as well because he probably felt a little bit 
you know, fucked over by getting owned by Morgan Freeman earlier. But he was going out to tell people so you know basically tell the joker so people would stop dying is what i read into it i i don't know it was just a weird it's just a weird moment. listen last week but, you had um you know you had the big problem with how batman just sort of flies <laughs> and you yeah. you brought up how how good the scene in hong kong is in this it's fucking sick of shit such a good scene and for many reasons one we see that he you know <laughs> the plane is what takes him away and, and they, they actually explain reasons for why he can do what he does. It's also just a really good scene, but it, it makes the film feel international. So it gives it yeah, like a bigger there feel. That, there was that feeling of scale. Yeah. That's what it did. And, yeah. and it opens things up a lot, even though like, I don't really want to see Batman go too much out of Gotham because that's kind of his thing is people know him in Gotham and whatever. But I do like the idea of a villain from Gotham has left the country which usually would make him safe because jurisdictions and all that sort of bullshit but they they say batman doesn't have borders and he will come for you and that in itself is terrifying to a bad guy so i think it was just fantastic that we got this whole little sequence and we also got to see you know fox do some really cool stuff as well like morgan freeman is not underused because i don't think we need much more of him but he's he's such a good character in these films that to see him actually sort of team up with Bruce Wayne and Batman and do that yeah. do that little thing was really cool. It kind of set up Fox as well because when Fox quits at the end, like it was a good moment where... With the sonars kind of like, and such, yeah. You're like, like he's, made, he's doing dirty work. So it's obviously going to lead up to something. It's, a character is never sort of brought in and then taken away without any real satisfaction to their to the character's end yeah they're setting up a lot of of good stuff and they well you know setting up the sonar vision and and all that sort of thing you you brought up the sonar i want to talk about some of the gadgets now you brought up the sonar vision before um did you like that or did you think that was a bit bit funny oh it's just annoying i don't know it was kind of like it was a cool concept but i didn't really want to see sonar vision like when they're showing what he sees i was like this isn't really bringing me anything so giving me anything wasn't anything i was just kind of like all right right they're doing that see one thing i have a big problem with with the new batman is when ben affleck's in that armored bat suit and he has the glowing white eyes like to me that is cartoon that's cartoon comic batman it works for that but in a real world it's hard for me to sort of get behind that unless there's a reason which i'm hoping Batman v Superman gives me, but this movie gives me a reason for why he has the cool glowing eyes. And the sonar vision, I think, is pretty fucking cool. I think it's a cool concept, and I think it worked for what it was. I don't know why he kept wearing them for, for you know, when he gets into the into the building and is going up. I think he probably could have taken them off earlier, and it would have made it easier for him. But like, yeah, I didn't, I didn't get that. Like, why the fuck do you leave them on? That was annoying. Yeah, but at least they explained it, and that's such a Nolan thing. Like, there's a there's a reason for it. There's a reason for everything, and I appreciated that. What about? We didn't really talk about it last week. The fucking Batmobile. You said this is your favorite. This is your favorite Batmobile, yeah? Oh yeah, it's cool as fuck. It's fucking tank, man. It's so sick. <laughs> it's the coolest fucking thing ever. Like, even in this, it just, like, bursts through a fucking car park. Like, just breaks through, no wackers, and then does it again. And then takes takes an RPG hit, and it's like, shit, what are we going to do? Yeah, it jumps in front of the RPG. It takes a bullet. Like, that car takes a bullet. <laughs> a rocket. Yeah. Then a motorcycle <laughs> comes out. Yeah, the Batpod. 
The Bat Pod is fucking awesome. That was a good step up. That was a good sequel moment where you're like, ah, oh, did you hear in this one? He rides a motorcycle. Like, that's the... That's the sequel moment. It was fucking sick, man. It fucking like, rolls oh, and God. shit. Like the, <laughs> the wheels like roll. It can go it's sideways so and do weird drift things. He drives at the wall to turn around. Yeah. He just like goes vertically up. Oh, it's so <laughs> fucking awesome. My God, that thing is ridiculous. Well, it's just another thing. Like, I feel like even though the Batmobile, this isn't my favorite Batmobile. I, I like the Batman Forever style. I like Batman Returns style. I, I think those... Hot Rod more style Batmobiles are cooler, but this one's more practical. And this makes sense for the thing that he would be driving around and kicking ass in. And the bike as well, the fact that that can come out of the Batmobile is part of it. Like, it's all just one thing. Like, he doesn't have, like, a Bat bike. A fucking... I'm sure he has, a you know, the Batwing somewhere. But, like... He gets the, he gets the Batwing in the third one. Ah, uh, that's right. Yeah. But, you know, like... Does that come out of... Does that come out of the Batmobile? Or is it its own thing? The Batwing? Yeah. No, it's its own thing. Okay. Yeah, I was just... I can't remember. I haven't seen it in a long time. But, like, it's... It, it feels like everything's economical. Everything's built for a reason. And he's got, like, things for different situations all in this one little package, which is the Batmobile. And I like that, you know, he's been driving this shit around town all in the last year or whatever that he's been Batman... And usually it's like, oh, nobody really notices. It's just like, that's his car and whatever. But that fucking accountant guy notices and that's how he gets on to blackmailing Bruce Wayne. And I, I think that was a really cool touch as well. I find the Bat Cave a little boring in this one. Like, again, it works for this world and it's grounded and it's just like a big white fucking room where you can do shit. But... I don't know. I like the old Batcave. Well, he's got a Batcave in the last one. He just doesn't have one in this because it fucking blew up. It blew up, yeah. That's the only reason. I liked it a lot. I thought it was cool as fuck. That loft thing was so awesome. I think, to be honest, I think one of the reasons this film does so well is because it doesn't have Wayne Manor. It doesn't have... It's just such a, like, isolated film. He's living in a penthouse. He's got, like... The Batcave is just this room, this loft thing not lost whatever the fuck it is but it's just i don't know i think that just that works that works really well it works for the story for me but like i like wayne manor i like the bat cave i like all that stuff that is very yeah. batman to me but in terms of the story and you know how this it, it all fits i'm just saying i would prefer to see him in in the mansion i like this more to be quite honest i really yeah why's that i don't know it was just satisfying like but it's it so felt- boring it just felt real, like it. <laughs> There's no character to it. I feel like there was. The, that was it's just the, a big just, white sterile room with fucking shit coming out of the floor. Fucking things just lift up. But how much oh, cooler is it if it was coming out of a cave floor? I don't know. I know the caves. Listen, I, we've watched like fucking five Batman films, man. I'm just. just You'd lo- I'm it was just nice to see something different. <laughs> it was nice to have Batman in this white room. Lifting shit out of the floor <laughs> with his fucking minigun shooting holes and things. It just was cool. It was Fair just enough. nice. He's got a panic room. Yeah, which we saw yeah the both. panic room was cool. He doesn't take that, that chick in there. <laughs> Only takes Rachel in. They were fucking in um, his bed. Was it Rachel? No, no, no. He doesn't take Rachel in. He takes Harvey Dent in. Yeah. He doesn't take Harvey Dent in there. He just puts Harvey Dent in the closet. Just locks him in. Well, who's, he, who's he going to the panic room with? Just him. It's just his. It was his back. Oh, that's his. Like, oh, that's where he goes to escape. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, it's all good. Let's talk about Rachel. Uh, Rachel dies, eh? (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Rachel um, dead. Did you see that yeah. shit coming? No, not when I first saw the film. No. I didn't. It's uh, it's no. probably one of the most well-deserved deaths. Her character's done. She's made the choice with Bruce Wayne. She's gonna marry Harvey. She's her her character has reached its peak. Done. And I was done. I was glad. Like I was happy. Done. When watching it the first time, I remember thinking because he goes for her. He goes to save yeah. her. And the motivation is all there. That's what Bruce Wayne would do. That's what Batman's going to do. He's going to go save the girl. But the irony is that fucking Joker foresaw this and yeah. has twisted around and told you the, the opposite uh, addresses. And that's what makes this awesome. It's not like, a, oh, Batman's a better person because he's going to go save the guy that will be better for the, the city. Batman's still... A person who feels and that we can connect with and he would go to save the girl of his dreams and I love that but he got tricked and he didn't do it but he still saved the right guy well it brings up it brings up two points which is one the Joker is always in control the whole way through this film he's always always in control the other thing is because he knew like he said the other thing is Rachel wrote the letter and says uh, I said once Gotham stops needing Batman, I'll be with you. Mm. And then she's like, but now I can see that it's, that's you who can never stop needing Batman. Yeah. And that is exactly what happens in this, where he could have saved Harvey and the white knight would have been fine. Every like properly saved Harvey, like made that choice to go after Harvey. Harvey dies and he realizes, and Rachel's like, well, fuck, like you tried to save Harvey Dent. Like you went, that's what, the city needs to survive but mm. he chooses the selfish option and that's it's exactly what Rachel says it's fucking awesome like, yeah. it's great it's foreshadowing it's awesome filmmaking blah <laughs> you did well no it is it's fantastic and it's I it, I am struggling to think of a, another movie who does something like this so very well like it's such a good way of not betraying the character yet coming out with the outcome that we need for the story, you know, <laughs> it, it all oh, it just connects so well, but Rachel has been replaced. Like she was Katie Holmes in the first one. Now she's Maggie yeah. Gyllenhaal. Do you think that was a good change? I don't give a shit. Such a bit character. Like, did you care? Did you genuinely care? I remember at first I did because I, I, I am a stickler for continuity. It doesn't matter how bad the actress is or whatever went wrong or whatever. Like, I still think you owe the audience as much to get the same actor in. Um, I'm not really sure what the reasoning behind her not coming back yeah. is, but I've, I've heard a lot of ragging on her as well. Like I've, I've read some reviews of Batman Begins where the only thing they really don't like is Katie Holmes. I didn't think she was that bad at all. I think she was fine for the character, very much like Maggie Gyllenhaal is, very much like you just said. They're, they're, they're important characters, but they're not big enough to really impact how I feel about the entire film. So I don't really care. But to be honest, I do think Maggie Gyllenhaal suited like that strong will DA's assistant a little bit more. She felt like a stronger fit. So yeah, I didn't... Maggie's a better actor, to be quite honest. That's what I noticed. Like I Mm. prefer Maggie over Katie Holmes. uh, Really, like in the the sense that if I had to choose, I'd definitely be choosing Maggie. She's far more entertaining. But at the same time... um, I didn't fucking care. Like, I didn't care when I watched it. I didn't give a shit. I still don't care. Well, she's in a relationship with Harvey Dent, who is Gotham's white knight. And can I just say, Aaron Eckhart 
is fucking awesome. What in does this he role. do now? Uh, he is in London is Falling. He's the president. Oh, okay, cool. So it's a pretty minor role. He, yeah, I don't know. He he was kind of like a big deal around the time of The Dark Knight. I remember seeing a, a few films with him in it. Thank You for Smoking was a really good one, I remember. I think it was from the director of Juno. Really, really fantastic film. I remember he was kind of a big deal around the time also. Uh, I don't know if it was ever like an official thing. But, you know, Captain America hadn't come out yet and there was a lot of internet buzz going around that he would make a really good Captain America. And I remember thinking, fuck yeah, he would. He's maybe a bit old, but yeah. he has that fucking steel jaw. Oh, uh, he's got the most superhero look to him, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. And and I feel like he's basically playing Captain America as Harvey Dent because he's such a good guy. You know, like watching this, I was, yeah. I, I'm thinking, not that Chris Evans is bad as fucking Captain America, but like Aaron Heckhart to me, would have been a fantastic casting if he beefed up a bit. Um, it's one of the so- ma- major things I had an issue with, though, is he is literally a good guy the whole way through the film until he becomes Two-Face. Uh, and he does that one bit where he interrogates that one guy. But by, at the yeah, beginning... Yeah, that's the whole the, point. Yeah, but at the beginning of the film, he's meant to be regard... Like, there's not even mild tendencies of, like, being sociopathic or schizophrenic or bipolar. Like, he doesn't ever via from being the nice guy it's like where is that aspect of him that is just that sort of crazy it's listening to his the love of his life get killed yeah i know <laughs> I feel like that's going to turn but, anyone yeah but like what i'm saying is grief comes in a lot of forms you're right but it's just like you'd unless you're a fucking psychopath which he is which i didn't know about because he's a nice guy the whole way through it when someone dies, you generally get sad. And what I was wanting was just at some point in the, in the film, bar the very sort of, it just seemed like that, that bit where he's interrogating that one guy, where I, that was kind of too, too far gone. I was like, all right, I wanted, I wanted to see more beforehand. I just wanted to see him maybe get angry. Like I wanted to see just him crack get a angry. Lose his temper at someone, you know? Like he even has the opportunities to when Commissioner Gordon is not giving him what he wants. And he's like, he's like, no, I'm not, t- I'm not letting you be Batman. He, why wouldn't he just be like, fuck you? Like, I wanted to see that. I wanted to see a bit of like, oh shit, he's got a little fight to him. Why wouldn't he have that? Honestly. I hear, yeah, I hear you. I hear you. I, I, it would have been nice to even just see a look or like, you know, the camera holds on him when he, you know, sort of holds back something that he wants to say. Yeah. Just, just a little moment. I don't think he needed to go crazy because I really like that he was the incorruptible Harvey Dent. Like, I love this. Oh, no, I liked, I liked it as well. I didn't want him to be fucking corrupt, like, corrupted. I just wanted him to be yeah, angry. I know what you're saying. You wanted to see the, a moment yeah. where he, the, the facade cracks a little bit and you get a, a, a glimpse of the madman that he could become. And yes, I agree. I definitely agree. I didn't feel it during the movie, though, because I, I there's something about like pure characters that I really like. Like a lot of people aren't fans of Captain America and the, you know, people like Harvey Dent because they are just good. Yeah. But there's something about that unwavering patriotism and like the, the need to protect the people and all that sort of shit that just when done right, it really speaks to me. And Harvey Dent in this movie does that. And I, I fucking love it. I love that he can't be corrupted. And I feel that the way that he heard uh, Rachel die and, you know, he gets angry because 
he was certain that Batman would save Rachel over him, but he doesn't, and fucking, you know, all that sort of thing. Because to me, that's a noble thought in itself. To me, yeah, it, I, I, I agree. I, well. I'm just like, I feel like him too. That's the moment where I would crack. The world's finally against me. I've lost the one thing that I love the yeah. most. And it makes, it's enough for me to believe that he would turn into what he does. Because he doesn't, I, I still feel he's got a little bit of good in him. Like, he's got that two-face. He's got, there's the, the flip of the coin and all that sort of thing. It's all the, it's all down to chance. And I love that that's it as well. Like, it's the incorruptible. There's no, no jury that can be paid off. It's just literally, if my coin lands on the scratch side, you are dead. And there's still something very pure about him, even in his evilness. He's just, he's fighting for fairness. He just wants the one thing that's fair. Yeah, and that's it. And he feels like everything is unfair to him because he's lost. He did everything right. He was the good guy. And he gets fucking punished. It's unfair. So you're right. It's it's all about fairness and chance. And there's something so cool about that. I actually, even though I don't, think the story calls for it again because i think the script is perfect but i i do i would have loved to have seen a little bit more of him as two-face even if he came back in the next one or whatever like it, it all works you know he's dead so it's whatever but i just really liked him as two-face he was really good i liked him as well once he's two-face he's fucking scary man like oh, i can't believe it's so fucked up, like, for such a low-rated film as well. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's it's full-on. And when Batman kills him, I just, like... It's so satisfying when when Batman throws him off the edge. Because he didn't... Obviously, it's just this moment of pure... Like, you can tell that it was just... It's just tragic. Like, it's just mm. this tragedy, which is exactly what it had to be. And I really like that. Like, when... Uh, well, it's finally it's finally a gray area for Batman. Yeah. Like he he has to he has to kill someone to save somebody, basically. And would he just let them both die, or does he, you know, whatever? Like it's this yeah. like Batman doesn't break his rule, and I still don't feel he has here because he he kind of grabs the the kid and knocks him off. I don't feel like he was meaning to knock him off. Do you think he was trying to kill him? No. I think he was doing what he had to do. He tackled the guy out of the way and it just so happened he was standing by a fucking ledge so he fell off. Yeah. That's what I think happened. Yeah. I did have a bit of a a thought though because that was a, you know, it was a big fall but yeah. we've seen people fall much further in these movies and not die. So I thought that maybe he might come back for Dark Knight Rises but... Two-Face, yeah. You know, there might be some sort of little thing in there but then that would defeat the whole purpose of the ending of this film with, you know... Batman. Die, die hero, live long enough, become a villain, yeah. Yeah. So, it's brilliant for what it is. Like I said, writing's perfect. I just really liked him and would have loved to see more. But that last scene with Gordon and his family and Two-Face, fucking hell, man. Gary Oldman is an unsung star of these films. He's fucking awesome. He's awesome in everything he's in. He's never not good. He's so good. Like, I... He is the best Gordon because I, I totally believe... He's not he's not like a big tough guy like he is in the animated series or and he's not a big you know fat sort of dude like he is in the Burton films and such. He's just a good guy. Again, like he's he's in this world of corrupt cops and fucking all that and he's he's finally working his way up through the ranks so he can make a difference and oh, it's so good. I just love him. He's so good in these films. And that particular scene, 
it's just that's like Oscar fucking winning shit. It's Holy pretty fucking crap. good. Didn't win an Oscar though. Did not win an Oscar. Yeah. Joker yeah. did. Heath Ledger did. Yeah. But uh, he yeah. didn't. Actually, I'm, I'm glad. Um, I'm glad that this one. Like, I, I think it won for like sound editing or something like that as well. Like, it won a few. But was I don't know. Was this movie in the running for best picture for that year? Yeah, what? it was. It was. Yeah. What won it that year? What could have been uh, better than this film? I don't know. Something with like decent fighting. Um, <laughs> fuck off <laughs> uh, No Country for Old Men Michael Clayton Juno Atonement and There Will Be Blood was up uh, No and, Country for uh, Old Men one didn't it who fucking won it was No Country for Old Men fuck yeah that's a good film it is Not a good film lie. fucking great film happy it won but come on is it better than this though yes no no it's not I like it more I like it more I know. I like Coen Brothers a lot No Country for Old Men is one of my faves Let's be real. It, it's one of my faves as well, but like I haven't watched that again for a few years. I've watched this many times, and this one I will watched, in cinematic yeah. in the cinematic world. This one made more of an impact than No Country for Old Men would have ever made. By the way, for fuck's sake, stop fucking Nolan. Stop fucking making your films IMAX, and then when I watch it on my TV, you go, you crop your aspect ratio down when <laughs> the shots aren't in fucking IMAX. I'm fucking sick of it. It's fucking distracting. Just make it all one aspect ratio for the yeah. love of fuck. Jesus Christ, no one likes it. All right, I'm good. I, I often get interested why, you know, I'm sure it comes down to money and such, but like, why not shoot the whole film in IMAX? Like, why are only scenes, certain scenes? Like, I've seen, you know, Force Awakens in IMAX and the scenes that were in IMAX were fucking mind-blowing, but you, you're right, it, it kind of is distracting and takes you out of the movie once the aspect is changing all the such time. A, such a pain. Even more so on time. your TV at home. <laughs> fucking hell, I, can't, I hate it so much. Well, listen, I'm done. Should we get out of here? Yeah! Look, I really fucking love this movie. This is by far my favourite B-Man film so far. Just arguably, arguably a perfect film. Up until Batman's shitty fucking choreography, which is the only thing that stops me from being completely immersed to the point where I want to watch it over and over again. So I give it 4.5 out of 5. I feel like this is the first time that I've properly watched this film. I've seen it many times. I've seen it like three times at the cinemas. I you know, I have it on Blu-ray. I've watched it plenty of times. The only thing I, I didn't really talk about in this review was that length. I Because it's two and a half hours long, I tend to not watch this over and over. But I have seen it a lot. But I feel like I've always just gone in thinking, like, how cool is Heath Ledger as the Joker? How cool is Batman? How cool is that fucking epic chase scene with the truck flipping and the bat pod and all that sort of thing? It's all so cool. But I've never really got in and paid full attention to what this film really is. And that's what makes it so fucking breathtaking. The script is so tight everything is there for a reason it makes sense everything is so strong the characters are all so strong so intricate like so many things like are put into the script like you know batman's inspiring people to be copycats but what makes him different to them yeah it's funny that you're wearing hockey pads but like no it's it's is what batman doing the right thing is what the joker doing the wrong thing like there's so many questions are brought up into this this film and it all just comes together in such a, a brilliant crescendo in the fact that batman has to take the fall to be the hero brilliant brilliant filmmaking 
I can't believe this didn't win an Oscar. This was the best film of that year. It, there was a lot of strong stuff. No Country for Old Men is a fucking fantastic film. But, I, yeah, no, this is better. Yeah, 4.5, including the 0.5 Batman handicap. Yeah, nice, 4.5, 4.5. That is how you review a fucking film, you son of a bitch. Next week, we're going to be talking about the last in the Nolan trilogy. The, the Dark Knight Rises. Now, this is your... <laughs> This is your, uh... I got some fucking shit to say, you son of a bitch. I got some fucking shit to say. You fucking wait. I'll be saying Which is really shit, funny, because okay. I... I have nothing but fond memories of that film. Well, you fucking wait, because I got some fucking shit that I'm gonna say. It's not gonna be nice shit. <laughs> anyway, fucking, you can all wait till next week. Wait until next week, but until then, uh... Go back onto our Facebook. Check all our shit out. You can get onto podbean.com slash fishingconnor. Saw a movie and you can find every one of our episodes. We've reviewed over 77 films now. There's plenty of shit there for you to have a listen to. All the Batman films leading up to this. And then next week, The Dark Knight Rises. So we will see you then. We will. Play the music, Fish. Thank you for listening to this episode of Fishing Connoisseur Movie. Fishing Connoisseur Movie does not own any rights to the film The Dark Knight, its marketing, or its soundtrack, and no infringement is intended. The track, Like a Dog Chasing Cars, is performed by Hans Zimmer and James Newton Howard. Knows where he is. Nobody's gonna tell you nothing.